Welcome to episode 004 of the Penzo Street Physio Podcast. I come bearing more questions or answering more questions from people. Here we go. Question one, how do we fix muscle imbalances in our daily lives? Okay, here we go. The question is if muscle imbalances even exist to a certain extent. Yes, they do. Um, In your daily life, you're probably referring to movement deficiencies if anything so if you've been sitting all day you're going to be in positions of flexion so you probably need to extend or more importantly you probably need to have more access to extension otherwise you're just going to be hunchback all day conversely if you're standing all day or if you're leaning back all day say you're painting then you probably need a bit of flexion so you probably need to bend over a little bit and make sure you're able to say for example touch your toes so if you're lacking those movement deficiencies that's how i'm going to interpret it Um, then you need movement i mean how do you sort of fix muscle imbalances you're gonna have to move anyway that's the easy answer if there if you're referring to range of motion so in terms of like how much movement you have in your joints um then you need to look at your daily postures and see what gets tight what doesn't get what gets tight what doesn't get tight and deal with it accordingly so if you're sitting over the computer and you're hunched over all the time chances are you're probably going to be in a position of shoulder internal rotation your head's bent over you're in a position of flexion and you're staying there for a while it that position if you you get you can get used to it after a while not gonna lie but it kind of does suck um so you probably need to again move mobilize stretch i don't care just get your ass moving to keep you uh mobile that's the easy answer if you're talking about strength imbalances in your daily lives well it depends on what you're doing again um it's everything is a everything is a result of your movement so you need to understand if you're say bending over to pick up baby all the time and you're bending over with a stooped posture so your legs are straight and you're just reaching down then like your back's pretty strong but then you might be not using your legs as much so you might need to throw in some squats um, or throw in some squat holds or some extreme isometric squat holds fun um, to try and balance that out or to try and take some stress off your back as well. So if you want to think of it that way, you could do that. Um, In terms of daily lives, there's been no sort of literature done on that. So not really any correlation to injuries. It's the muscle imbalance stuff has mainly been done in elite sports, um, quad hamstring ratios, uh, shoulder internal external rotation ratios. And there are some observations that we can infer from that. So, how do you fix muscle imbalances in your daily lives? Move and move differently. That's probably the easiest answer I can give you there. Question two, how much work is negate to, uh, is required to negate the effects of sitting all day? When I sort of looked into it, they were usually like big epidemiological studies done on large populations to understand trends. So there hasn't been like a proper clinical trial um, or from what I've seen anyway. If anyone's seen some, let me know. So the data says from probably minimum of 150 to 299 minutes a week um, and levels off after 420 minutes per week of 
physical activity. Uh, it doesn't eliminate the risk, it only attenuates it. So if you're sitting all day, you still have a risk, but at least if you're moving, then you can minimize the risk if possible. Um, the data, if you separate it day by day, it, it ranges from about 40 minutes to 60 to 75 minutes per day. Uh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't really matter how you get it as long as you get it. But in saying that though, there have been little studies that have shown, for example, that if you interrupt sitting time with short bouts of light to moderate intensity walking, um, it can lower some glucose and insulin levels in overweight and obese adults. So it could improve your glucose metabolism if you sort of break it, break it off every hour, say. Um, but like I said, if you get in the exercise, just get it in. I don't care how you get it in. Move more. Um, yeah, that's that's probably that's probably about it. Uh, question three: How do you how do to how to determine the amount of fatigueness required for going, before going to a physio? If you're assuming that you're going to the physio for passive modalities such as manual therapy to try and perhaps enhance recovery. Um, either neurological or local, locally. Um, yeah, fine. Um, people do come for that, so that's that's no drama for me. Um, so before all you active guys get your underpants um, in a bunch, um, the rate would depend on how often you train, what your environmental stresses are, and your recovery capacity is. And obviously, it's quite individual. You got to know this thing. Um, I have a patient that mainly comes to me from requesting manual stuff and he knows when he needs to come in and he understands already that he needs to exercise and he's doing so and he's doing his best so um, he's improved significantly in the past year in terms of his exercise capacity and as a result he's slowly seeing me uh, less and less which is fantastic because he's getting more independent which is what I want but I'm more than happy to, to say help him out it's, it's all good. Um, so you need to understand your body and you need to maybe do a diary to record the trends and to see when you sort of find that sort of uh, critical threshold level before you come and see a physio. Question four, how to improve foot stability? Well, that's interesting, okay. Um, that's quite context dependent. Short answer, get it stronger. Um, long answer, perhaps you need to stabilize the segments above it because it's pretty hard to have a stable foot if you're moving all over the shop. Um, your foot generally, I mean, most sort of people who are in the know tend to consider the foot a bit of a tripod. Um, it's quite a simplistic way of putting it, but it's easy that way, tripod meaning uh, big toe, little toe, and heel, and tripod in relation to center of mass. So as long as your um, center of mass is within your base of support, you should be fine. Um, if you wanna improve foot stability in, I'm assuming this is gonna be in the context of a squat, for example, then you may need to practice pressing down, um, not curling your toes, but pressing down, pressing your, your your toes down into the ground 
so that you're engaging those uh, little intrinsic muscles um, that might provide a bit more stability um, or other ways to do it I know some people like to screw into the ground so then they'll, t they'll like, twist their knees out and they'll twist their feet a little bit but you still need to keep that tripod because if you lose that tripod then you lost the stability um, Again, like I said, foot stability is very context dependent. Foot stability for a ballet dancer will be different from a foot, st foot stability for a powerlifter. So um, you need to sort of uh, figure sort of that out. But that's that's what I that's what I do. I mean, um, and depending on how you squat, obviously, um, you still need foot pressure regardless. If you squat uh, leaning towards your heels, if you squat midfoot, um, then you you do need that foot pressure. Um, almost that active foot pressure um, so that is one thing you can do and you can hold those for say five to ten seconds or if you're a psycho you can hold for two minutes until you die have fun question five how can you eat 60 fish fingers in one go <laughs> you just do it don't stop and question six um, does a lower body weight interfere with recovery? Man, these are exercise physiology questions. Um, yeah, you probably need to ask an exercise physiologist for this. Um, from the data that I've read, or from, I guess, from the literature that I've read, um, a lot of the studies have been done on rapid weight loss in combat athletes. And if you sort of go through a rapid weight loss period, then you can get changes in short-term memory, concentration, uh, quote unquote vigor <laughs> um, and you could potentially decrease both anaerobic and aerobic anaer anaerobic and aerobic performance um, if there is no sort of refeed or rehydration um, but that's probably due to the effects of dehydration on your body um, max strength generally isn't ac acutely affected um, even if you do a rapid weight cut um, obviously it's quite individual but that's from what we've seen um, and you could probably argue that reduced like energy slash macro or macronutrient intakes um, could be a limiting factor to training adapt adaptations um, and it could affect your health if you keep using it um, without sort of recovering adequately but if you do a long cut like I said this is probably more for the exercise sports scientist exercise physiologist but I believe if you do a if you do a, a slow sort of um, weight cut, say, um, you can get metabolic changes, uh, metabolic adaptations. So you need to adjust maybe your eating habits accordingly. You are getting less fuel in your body overall. So I would imagine that um, if anything, if my hypothesis would be that recovery would be slower. But I'm sure it will have effects on your neural system, your muscular system, and your endocrine immune system um, to perhaps minor effects. But I, I would imagine that your body's got an amazing recovery capacity or amazing adaptive uh, capacity, and it will adapt as well. So hopefully that answers some of it. Um, if recovery, your recovery probably will be affected by a point. If it does get affected, then um, during that weight cut period, or even if it's slow or quick, then you need to make sure that your recovery processes are optimized as much as you can. 
Um, your body will get used to it after a while, so yeah, just uh, tough it out. But definitely consult a health professional for this. That's another episode done. Thank you for the questions. If you want to check out more, let me know. If you've survived this long, thanks for listening. Now, don't go off into the sunset and bluntly do what I may have said or recommended. Seek proper advice from qualified healthcare professionals. Like, comment, subscribe, or book in if you'd like us to assist.